It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Kurt Schilling Baseball Show, episode 55. We're going to get right into lots to do today. Uh, And I'm actually uh, interviewing somebody later today for a later on show that you're going to love as well. Uh, But we're going to kick off, uh, unfortunately, uh, in L.A. Juan Urias was arrested, put on, and he was actually put on, suspended by, uh, or put on the... uh, the Inactive list, yeah. Yeah, yeah. This is the second time, well, felony domestic violence, which... um, if you understand domestic violence charges, you understand that there aren't any good kinds, but that gets farther along the bad kinds than than most. Um, second time in four years, he's been arrested for this. This is a personal thing for me. I, I like. I think there's a special place in hell for men who put their hands on women to begin with. I don't know. It, it's hard for me, Bill, to look at the baseball angle on this sometimes. After no, I understand that. You know, right. and, and it's it's because. There's so many things that are far more important than the depth of the Dodgers starting rotation when it comes to a story like this. But coming at it from the baseball angle, obviously, this is a concern for the Dodgers. I mean, the big, you know, as you line yourself up for the postseason, you know, the Dodgers are going to be there. And and you got Kershaw, who has never been a a sure thing in October. I think they're going to make an epic mistake and bring Walker Bueller back. uh, Who's starting a minor league rehab start this week and hopes to return uh, before the end of the year from his second Tommy John. So Lance Lynn and Kershaw are kind of what you're looking at right now. And um, I think it's all secondary conversation because I still believe that I don't see a path for any team to beat the Braves four four games in in four out of seven. Dodgers probably the team that could do that offensively, although I I, I just think the Braves pitching will be able to settle the the Dodgers offense. Although I got to tell you, having two of the three MVP candidates – in your lineup doesn't hurt. Yeah, it's going to hurt their depth. It's going to impact their postseason. Uh, he's done for the year. I don't think Urias comes back. Um, I think there's going to be some debate and some argument from the woke crowd that if if you can give Trevor Bauer 200 games for consensual sex, then you sure as hell should be talking about 300 games for someone who beats a woman because you know that wasn't consensual. Absolutely. I, I guess the question I have for you is they've got these three rookies pitching and – all three have shown signs of playing pretty well, but this goes what's a rookie pitching? I've, I've talked about this a lot with you and on the show a lot. This right here, this move, this situation, this gets back to how good of a manager you have in, in this sense. He knows his guys, all right? Uh, those three guys, uh, well, Miller, uh, Sheehan, and uh, Pipio. Is that how you say that, Pipio? They've been their rookies. They know them. He's been around them in spring training and all the things that go with that. I'm going to bet that one of them has postseason makeup and maybe the other two don't. Uh, it's just it's a feel thing. And so you you, you want to tap into the guy who you're thinking in his mind, he's like, give me the ball for that game, the you know, the winner go home game. That young guy as opposed to the guy who's like, well, I'm OK if I pitch and if he pitches, that's fine, too. Uh, that's the guy you don't want to have the ball. So. That'll come down to Dave Roberts and them knowing their 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 young personnel. I don't watch a lot of highlights from baseball now. I watch 
you know, I usually watch pitching stuff, but I had to tune in and check out the three at bats by Altuve the other day. This guy's, I mean, he's a Hall of Famer. Uh, uh, he really is. And and I don't care about the trash can stuff. I think, I do think he was involved in that, but, uh, and we need to to look back at that. But he homered in his first three at bats, which is pretty amazing uh, against the Rangers the other day. More importantly to me was that he was three for three with three homers in the first three innings of the game. Like, that's six innings of agony because everybody's thinking about number four, including you. But I think more importantly, uh, don't go sleep on the fact that he homered in four straight at bats because he had homered in his last at bat uh, in the prior game and hit five in the last six at bats over a two game span. An Astro record for the most ever in two games and then tied for the most over two games in Major League history. First player since 1961, the expansion era, to hit a home run in four consecutive innings. Fourth to hit five home runs in six appearances, joining Manny Ramirez, Sean Green, and Josh Hamilton. Everybody else that did it did it, I think, in the home run derby. Uh, just over, uh, and they hit for a cycle last week too. And and this note, by the way, good on you for for you guys for bringing this up because I love stuff like this. Second player in history to cycle and and hit that many home runs and that many at bats in a ten day span. The only other guy to do it was Joe DiMaggio. So there you go. Put it in context. Do you think Jose Altuve ever thought he'd be in a sentence with only guy besides Joe DiMaggio in his life? I don't think any time uh, there, I don't think any player ever puts those. Those are the ones that you hear them say, I never thought I'd be mentioned with and all the other things. But I think a guy like Jose Altuve, I don't want to say he pictured this happening, but guys like that, and I played, I, I'm, I guarantee you mentally his makeup is very much like Dustin Pedroia. When you're that small, your whole life is, I bet you thought I couldn't. I bet you thought I couldn't. I bet you thought I couldn't. And it's part of the reason why they're they're at the, in the big leagues and part of the other reason why they're so extremely talented because they have they have the ability to, to ask unlimited things of themselves that other people don't because they've spent their whole life playing against the odds. I was looking forward to this start, Bill. Uh, I really was. Because when you get traded at the deadline and things happen, uh, you go to places for specific reasons, and and clearly Scherzer and Verlander were both Delta teams who were trying to make the playoffs, who were setting up, you know, for a, a, an October matchup. They actually got to meet up. I don't, I'm not going to put a ton of emphasis on the start, but I will tell you this: it's also there are a few times during a season when you can kind of gauge uh, the makeup of a guy because it, uh, there there are conditions around the start that you're making that allow you to take it up a notch. Like I said, starting the all-star game or the first game after the break or opening day. Those are games that kind of give you a little snippet of a, a guy's October mentality. And this one turned out how I thought it would. Uh, Verlander beat him. Uh, Scherzer had a season worst uh, seven run, six hit performance, giving up three homers, including a grand slam. And, and I think I've talked a little bit about this. You know, um, Scherzer, I've wondered about from the dead arm in the postseason to the stiff neck missing starts after the game. Uh, well, I don't know. He told reporters he was dealing with an ailment. I couldn't get all the way through the ball. Couldn't explode through the ball. I can go out there and compete. I went out there against Minnesota last time, kind of simulation and was able to compete and locate today. Just didn't get it done. Didn't look at the ball well enough. I don't know. Take that for what it is, I guess, but it also came in a time. And this is the other thing. The Rangers are in the middle of a, a, a horrible slide. And so that's when your ace becomes your stopper. 
And by that, I mean you don't have any long losing streaks because your stopper pitches every fifth day and you don't lose those games when he's on the mound. They're they're struggling. Their uh, uh, bullpen is struggling. Chapman's struggling. Their collective bullpen ERA over the last three weeks in a, during a 4-15 and 15 stretch was seven. And then only Scherzer has been able to keep his ERA under four and a half. Bill, out of the out of the trade deadline, Anaheim went one way, Texas went the other. I thought that that was how it was going to play out. Uh, I, I kind of did too. But what was amazing to me, Kurt, was at the start of this series, they were tied at the top of the AL West. And yeah. you get to the end of it, and they're three games back of the top of the AL West and out of yeah, you're talking the about wild Houston, card. Houston yeah. and Texas. Yeah, yeah. yeah, Houston and Texas. That's what happens when uh, – that's why a sweep always changes the landscape dramatically. Because in a three-game series, every if it's two out of three, somebody makes up and lo- loses a game, right? And in and, and a three-game series, one team either loses a game or gains a game in the standing or three because you sweep. And you're looking at three games in September uh, with, you know, what, three weeks left in the season? That's a monumentally – uh, important number and so now you have you know texas coming in is now a half game out i still can't believe we're even discussing the red Sox and the yankees by the way the yankees are only six and a half back but i mean <laughs> i don't know well, the way that seattle and tampa and toronto are playing that's a lot of that's a lot of games back at right. this point in the right. season the other thing is you don't have to get over three. You just have to get the that third guy, which I think, because here's the thing. Sometimes in some teams, and I think Boston would be the situation this year, a team will make the playoffs and that will be detrimental to the next year because it will give people either false hope or a misguided belief that they were something they really weren't. Boston is not a playoff team. They're just not. They're a team in transition. There's a lot of things. And, and I, you know, I, Sure, everybody wants to make the playoffs, and if you can make the playoffs, who knows? But I think if you look at the playoff landscape, a Boston team would be just an opponent. Uh, I don't know that they pitching or, or any of their any part of that team. The same thing. Uh, the worst thing that could possibly happen in New York would be for them to make the playoffs this year because that would placate people to the degree that that there might be less done. I, I still think Booney needs to be around next year, but they need to make some some moves and then we go on to uh a first and it's a first uh well you know how i feel in this show about first anytime you're talking about somebody doing something that's never been done before you're talking about something amazing uh julio rodriguez who if i remember correct had 45 hits in like three games um yeah yeah he won some shock he won player of the month for august um but he's the first player in major league history to have 25 homers and 25 stolen bases in his first two seasons and when you think about the list that's including Alex Rodriguez that's including Babe Ruth and Mickey Mantle and Willie Mays and Joe DiMaggio and Lou Gehrig and Barry Bonds and all the players that have ever played and Mike Trout and all the other things um although I said uh I said the other day on Outkick I was doing the show with the guys in the afternoon and they talked about Acuna becoming the first 3060 the stolen base thing uh, is is of little consequence to me because I think the stolen base has, has been the achieve the stolen base achievement is horribly uh, less difficult to obtain now than it used to be. 
doesn't diminish the fact he's 25-25 or that Acuna's 30-60, but the stolen base isn't what it used to be. Now, you know, I, I look at the home run side of this. If he ends up being 30-30 or, and, and, or Acuna ends up being like a 40-60, that's another discussion to have altogether. But he won the player of the month in August, 18 hits in five games. And uh, he has 25 and he's 25 and 25 and uh, Seattle, by the way, I, I would imagine amongst all playoff discussions across the nation and around the world, Seattle, probably one of those teams that isn't being talked about very much. I kind of understand why I'm not sure how to feel about them as a team. Uh, and and I, I mean that innocent. I, I'm not sure how to feel about them in the best of five or a best of seven. The one thing that sticks out to me about them is what you've talked about all season long, which is you need three starters. They've got three starters and nobody wants to face any of those three guys right now. Right. And their bullpen has been incredibly good all year long. And you could argue, you know, there's a, there's a, you know, you heard the term, many people talked about, Oh, you know, hit your stride hockey. It's always a big deal. You want to play your best hockey at playoff time. You want to play your best baseball at playoff time. My problem is this. I don't know what that window looks like for a baseball team. If you remember way back in 2007, the the Colorado Rockies come into the playoffs having won 24 of 25, I think it was, or 22 of 23. They had won like 19 straight. They were 22 and one in their last 23 games uh, or 24 and one or something. And they didn't win a game in the World Series. Um, I don't know how long that window stays open for a baseball team. If you're hot. I mean, the Braves are just the Braves, right? They, they don't – a 17-4 and four run by the Braves is what the Braves are supposed to do because they're yeah, so – that's what they do. Right. I don't know what that looks like in Seattle, what that window looks like. Are they playing their best baseball now in this window, or are they this good? That's the question. Are they this good? Because Tampa's going to win the wild card. So everybody else is going to be a wild card. Uh, Seattle, you know, Right now it would be Seattle and Toronto. So I don't know – as a gambler, I would have no problem putting money on them because, like like Bill mentioned, anytime you're talking about you could being able to run three starters out, guys that are swinging miss pitchers, you've got a chance. And offensively, Rodriguez screams to me like a guy, Tampa guy, a Rosarina. Yeah, I could see Julio Rodriguez being that kind of a guy in October. Which, by the way, uh, don't go to sleep on that guy in October again, a Rosarina, because something special happens to him every uh, every October. And it's fun to watch. Lastly, you know, we'll do a, a, a quick show today, but I, I do want to finish talking because it's something that we talked about the other day. Um, Shoei Otani is putting off elbow surgery. He's going to play the end of the year. There was discussion about him not possibly having Tommy John. I think that's ludicrous. His agent has said he thinks it's quote unquote inevitable that he'll have some sort of procedure to heal the ligament. But uh, his agent has also said he plans to continue to pitch and hit after his elbow heals. I, I think, which is what I assumed he would do, but I think you're talking about Tommy John. And, and I, I don't know how you can pitch unless you have Tommy John with what they've said about the injury. Right. Six to eight months for a hitter to recover, 12 to 18 for a pitcher. I don't know what that looks like because we are talking about a second Tommy John, which is just like breathtaking to me that we're still that we can talk about that but i think you're looking at a 2024 without him as a pitcher uh and certainly possibly the more longer you wait going into 2025 so you know what does that mean as as a free agent i still think find me a better free agent 
that's the thing. It's funny to talk about this. We might be talking about the best free agent, bar none, if he was just a hitter. And we could be having the very same conversation if he was just a pitcher. So we're talking about the same player, which is kind of breathtaking in and of itself. So, And you haven't even brought up what he would do for the ball club from a marketing standpoint. Right. Right. And, and you know, there are uh, uh, the metrics and the data and the sabermetricians don't all uh, they don't just work exclusively in the baseball operations office. I guarantee you there is mathematical models for every team that possibly could be in on the bidding showing what their generation, their revenue generation looks like with a massive influx of, of far East uh, fans. Absolutely. Which is why I think Seattle is a possibility in a big way. Absolutely Uh, true. Before we go, Kurt, I've got, I've got one thing for you. I read this today. It didn't make the rundown. But last night, Tyler Glass now struck out 14 batters. I saw a list of teams that have had the longest streak since having a pitcher in a single game strike out 14 batters. The team was the St. Louis Cardinals. Guess who the pitcher was that pitched the last 14 strikeout game for the Cardinals? Bob Gibson. 1972. You don't draft power arms. They draft pitchers. They've always drafted pitchers. The Cardinals have always had, they're a low risk organization. They take guys that come up in the Cardinals organization are like professional ball players when they get to the big leagues. They do the same thing with pitching. They take guys like the Adam Wainwrights of the world. Guys, they aren't necessarily swinging. Yeah. Hey, guys, uh, hope you enjoyed the show. Coming up on uh, first show next week, uh, you're going to get a chance to meet another former teammate of mine, one of my favorite teammates of all time. The only guy I would put in the hair category with my last teammate, Johnny Damon, that I interviewed, uh, Bronson Arroyo is going to join me. And I I promise you it's going to be an interesting conversation. There's going to be some laughs and some fun, and uh, it'll be well worth it. So have a great weekend, guys.